Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Can family, friends, and community look at your life and know that you've been touched by Jesus? Is there any kind of change in your life that's so evident within your life that the people who know you or have known you prior to the point of coming to faith in Christ would be able to look at you and say, wow, there's something different about her life. There's something that's changed about his life. Or simply to say, within the culture that we live, you don't live like everyone else. Often we notice when something is different about someone. Maybe it's a haircut, maybe new glasses. Maybe they've been sick and now they're feeling better. Whatever it is, we can usually tell when something has changed. Today, Pastor David will challenge us to look at ourselves and wonder if we are different, not because of outward changes, but because of a new spirit living in us. Are we different and changed because of Jesus? How many people can see Jesus in us? Is it obvious that we've been touched by the Savior of the world? Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Full Commitment. got better rivers than that in Syria, and, and just in disgust, he left until one of the young gals within his entourage says, why, why, you've come all this way. Why not at least try it? And so Naaman comes and goes to the Jordan River, and he dips himself one, and nothing's happening. He dips himself twice, and this is foolish. Why am I here in this river? Dips himself a third time and a fourth time. I knew that this was ridiculous. I should have gone back to Syria. They've got better rivers. This is just a muddy little stream here, this Jordan River. The fifth time, the sixth time, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. How embarrassing. I can just imagine these thoughts going through Naaman's mind. And then the seventh time, he dips into that muddy river and comes out. His flesh is healed. Why seven times? Why the Jordan? I believe it speaks of, again, obedience more than anything else. Obedience to what God was calling for him to do. Do you believe that I can heal you? Yes, I do. Are you willing to obey? At first he wasn't, but then he did, and God healed him. There was absolutely no known cure at that point in time for this wretched disease. And yet this man here in Luke comes to Jesus, Lord, if you are willing you can make me clean. Then we see the Savior. He, he, he purposefully reaches out and he touches the one that all of society says, this one is untouchable. And yet Jesus reaches out and touches him. Do you see the, the strength in that? Jesus could have just as easily said, be healed, while the man was still 15, 20 feet away from him. 
Jesus could have very easily just spoke that man's healing and, and it would have been done. Jesus could have told him just as Elisha did, hey, go dip yourself in the Jordan River and God will heal you. But he didn't. Jesus, for whatever reason, he actually reached out and he touched that one. And I believe as I look at that, his touch showed the compassion of Jesus for that man. When was the last time that someone had purposefully touched this man or cared enough even about this man to stop and personally minister to his needs? I believe that the touch of Jesus brought also comfort to his life. Now, I look around the room, and I know that some of you are not real touchy-feely types. Some of you are more so than the others. Some of you appreciate a good hug or a good firm handshake. Some don't. Hey, just a wave is good. But when you are in a situation like this, when you've lived a great portion of your life, no doubt, separated from human touch because of this leprosy, it begins to take a toll on the psyche. I believe it dries the spirit up. And for Jesus to just come and lay a hand on this man who probably had not had human touch for many years within his life. I believe that it brought comfort to him also. And then also we know that his touch brought immediate healing, immediate healing. The man's life was changed in an instance. This man's faith had now become substance rather than simply hope. He now has within his life evidence that can be seen. His life had been touched by Jesus, and Jesus had made him clean. There's no doubt about it. His family, his friends, his community look at him and says, you've been touched by Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, can family, friends, and community look at your life and know that you've been touched by Jesus? Is there any kind of change in your life that's so evident within your life that the people who know you or have known you prior to the point of coming to faith in Christ would be able to look at you and say, wow, there's something different about her life. There's something that's changed about his life. Or simply to say, within the culture that we live, you don't live like everyone else. You don't respond like the rest of the culture does. Your humor isn't the same as everyone else. You don't get involved with the same things that the rest of the culture gets involved with. There's something different about you. Can the world tell that you've been touched by Jesus? This man was healed of leprosy. And Jesus then charged him. It says there he, he charges him to tell no one to tell no one in verse 14, but go and show yourself to the priest, make an offering of your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. You would think, well, why not tell everybody? Why not, man, just make it known, just spread it out. Wow, look at me. I had full leprosy and now I'm completely healed. Why wouldn't they do that? Well, first of all, I believe that Jesus wanted to make certain that this man fulfilled the requirement of the law. There was a law that said that once you're healed of the leprosy, you had to go to the priest, and there was a ceremony that you needed to go through. There was an offering for your cleansing. This process to go through in order that this man might be able to once again join into society. It was the requirement that he needed to go through to go to the priest. The priest had to confirm the healing. He had to examine him thoroughly because, as I said earlier, for the most part, leprosy was, was an incurable disease. 
and it would have taken a miracle. So first, conform to the law of God. Show yourself to the priest. But secondly, I believe that Jesus charged him to tell no one because he understood that the more people that received healing and received deliverance, the more the focus would be just for that rather than the focus to the commitment of his teachings. The message of the kingdom was the utmost importance. Was there healings that were going on during that time? Absolutely. Were there miracles that Jesus performed? Absolutely. But beloved, the most important thing was that Jesus was bringing the message of the kingdom and they needed to hear and they needed to understand that rather than get so caught up in just the fact of the healings and the miracles and the deliverances as powerful and as necessary as those were. It's funny how this man was told not to share what had happened to him, and yet he goes and he tells everybody. And now you and I, we are told to tell everybody, and we don't tell anybody. That's just kind of a flip-flop of the way uh, the Christian culture is today, isn't it? As I've said through this series as we've gone through Luke, people for the most part, they they desired a a fix-it Messiah much more than they desired or were willing to surrender to him as Lord of their lives. Look at verse 15. He says, However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself, Jesus, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. The people wanted a healer. They wanted a deliverer. And yet they desperately needed a redeemer, desperately needed a savior. And that would have been fine, too, being redeemed and and saved. But we find, just as we find today, that the multitudes, they may want healing in their lives, but they don't want discipline in their lives. People may want their sins forgiven. Absolutely, I want my sins forgiven. But are you willing to commit your life to following Christ on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis? They definitely need a redeemer, but very few had the thought of surrender in their lives. Again, it's interesting how all throughout Scripture, leprosy is a a type or a picture of sin in the individual. It starts out small and spreads quickly. It destroys from the inside out. It isolates an individual. It separates the individual from, again, the community of faith. If you're caught up in sin, the the place you don't want to be is next to other believers because of the conviction of it. The most part, sin has no known cure but by the miracle of God. And the very process of restoration has to go through a sacrifice. The process that Jesus had told this leper to go through is a wonderful picture not only of true redemption, but also the impact of redemption on that person's life. As a matter of fact, you don't need to turn there, but I encourage you sometime to go back and look at Leviticus chapter 14, where it gives the layout of of what the priest is supposed to do to someone who says that they are cleansed from leprosy. 
There, there was a sacrifice that had to be made, and the, the sacrifice was made actually over running water, and not only with the running of the water, but there was also a, a time of anointing of that one that had been cleansed. And this whole process speaks of Jesus as our sacrifice. The running water speaks of the Holy Spirit moving and working in our lives. The whole process and the anointing of God in our lives. And that's that process called sanctification. Sanctification is a big, long theological word that simply means your Christian walk. It speaks of your Christian walk, of growing closer to Christ. You and I as individuals, if we have come to Christ, we are in the process of sanctification. Every day with Jesus grows sweeter than the day before. That's what the old hymn says. Is that true in your life? Are you growing in your Christian life to the process where each day brings you closer in conformity to his will, closer in obeying and, and being, again, willing in your life to make the choices that honor him? This whole process for the leper, very interesting. The sacrifice, then there's the examination. And when he's deemed to be clean and cured from leprosy, then there was more that had to go on in this ceremonial cleansing. First of all, he, he had to take off all of his clothes and he had to put clean clothes on. They had to be washed clean clothes. But before he even put those clothes on, he had to go through a ceremonial washing of his own body. And then he had to shave off all of his hair. And then he gets onto the clean clothes, and then for seven days he goes about his business. Seven days later he comes back and he goes through the whole process again. The clothes are recleaned. His body is recleaned. He is reshaved again, putting on now new clothes once again. And then on the eighth day, and this is where it really gets interesting. On the eighth day, there's more blood sacrifices for this one who says that he's cleaned or cleansed from leprosy. There's blood sacrifices as well as grain and oil offerings. And the priest would take some of the blood of the sacrifice and he would put it on the right ear of the individual who is cleansed of leprosy. And then he would take some of the blood of the sacrifice and he would put it on the right thumb of the individual who is cleansed of leprosy. Then he would take some of the blood and he would put it on the right toe, the big toe of the one who is cleansed of leprosy. And then after that, he would take the oil and the priest with the oil in his hand, he would take and he would put it on the right ear again, on the right thumb again, and on the right foot or the big toe of the right foot again. And then he would take what's left of the oil in his hand and he would put it on the individual's head and it literally anointing him with that oil. And as Leviticus 14, 18 says, so the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord. Now thinking about this in our lives, I see the blood and the oil being placed on the individual's ear, his thumb, and his toe very clearly, not only the blood of Christ, but also that anointing work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life for their life, for living their life. To me, it points to the reality that Jesus didn't just come to save us, as powerful as that is. He came in order that we ourselves might be those living sacrifices, living participants in the kingdom's work. Not saved just from hell, but saved in order to live here on this earth for his glory. Think about it with me for a moment. 
The markings are the anointing on the ear. Speaks to me of what we hear. Speaks to me of what we receive into our minds. Those things that we allow into our minds. Because once it goes into the minds, it most often goes right into the heart. What do you open yourself up to? in your entertainment, in in multitude of things that are around us right now. What are you allowing into your mind and then thus very possibly into your heart? Because you know what happens once it's in your heart. A little bit later in Luke, Jesus declares that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, but an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What are you filling your life with? What are those external things in a culture that is just bombarded by such a a wide range of, of media and all kinds of experiences? What are you allowing to come into your brain? Even in your own thought, are you taking every thought captive for the glory of Christ? Or do you allow those thoughts to go and then pretty soon they become a part of you. I believe that that marking on the ear speaks of, again, what we bring into our lives. But then there's the marking or the anointing on the thumb. And to me, that speaks of what we do, what we do as individuals, the activities of our lives. It speaks about how we act and also react, how we respond to situations, as well as on the positive end, how we move in our lives. Let me ask you this this morning. Do your actions or reactions glorify Christ? The Word tells us, Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 3, he says, whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father for him. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Do your actions, do your reactions, do they represent the leading and the control of the Holy Spirit in your life? Or do your actions and your reactions show that you're controlled by your flesh? Or you're controlled by your culture? Or you're controlled by your environment? Or you're controlled by your consequences? You see, for you and I as believers... We're to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to react in the flesh. We're not supposed to react uh, from the culture. No, we're supposed to react in the Spirit. That's what Christ has called for us, how we ought to be living our lives. The writer of Hebrews tells us, Therefore, we also, since we are encompassed about by so great a cloud of witness, those that have gone on before us, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. You see, you and I as believers are called to live our lives, to run this race to the glory of Christ. That's every day. That's every moment of every day. Let me ask you this morning, how's that working out for you? Is it a struggle sometimes? It is in my life. But are we persevering? Are we pressing on? Do you really have that desire for that in your life? That kind of brings me to the the third one, the marking or the anointing on on the big toe. For me, that that speaks of where we go, or better yet, the, the focus of our lives. What's your current journey? Where is it where is it leading you? Where do your current choices lead you? Paul tells us in Philippians chapter three, he says, brethren, I don't count myself as apprehending, 
But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, this one probably should have been the first one in my mind because it's when the focus is right that the attitude is right and the actions are right. But I've got to have my focus right in my life. I've got to be really be desiring God to be honored in my life before it starts making a change in what I put into my head and then what I do with my life. Those things are given, again, as a reminder that in the midst of our salvation, in the midst of our redemption, in that ongoing work of sanctification in our life, it matters what goes into our minds. It matters what we do. It matters where we go and what our focus is. All of these things matter if you are truly a child of God. And just as Jesus was the one who could touch this man with leprosy, and immediately the leprosy left him, so when an individual comes to Christ, coming in the fullness of faith, declaring, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean, then come and seek, again, the only cure that's available for the sickness of our sin. That's only found in Christ, through that completed work of Christ. Christ brings total healing. He brings complete forgiveness. And when that happens, our lives then need to be a demonstration of that cleansing. They need to be a demonstration of the healing and of the empowering of the Holy Spirit in order that the world might see and the world might know that, yes, we have been changed. We have been cleansed. We are no longer unclean. No, we've been made clean by the power and by the touch of Almighty God. Consider today what goes into your mind as a believer in Christ? What do you allow in your mind? Does it edify the Lord and equip you for service in his kingdom? Or does it pull you away from his purpose and his plans? Does it draw you closer or does it push you further away? Consider today, what are the activities in your life? What are you involved in? Do they testify of a, of a life that's sold out for Christ? Or do they more, clo more, more clearly show a life sold out to the world system and the world's morals? It makes a difference what you do. What's the focus of your life? Where's your present journey leading you? Do you know? Is yours a life that's, that's focused on Jesus? Are you on the journey as Christian was to that celestial city? Oh, there's a lot of distractions, a lot of things on the way, but I know where I'm going, and I'm the, that's the process, that's the journey that I'm on, and I'm getting, I'm continually coming back to that, and I'm moving forward in that direction. Are you on that journey with the Holy Spirit as your guide, and are you submitted to the will of the Father, or are you simply doing that church thing? Oh, I want all the benefits of that baked bread in my life. I just don't want to have to do anything about it. I want all the benefits of salvation. Pie in the sky, by and by, but don't require anything of me while I'm here. You know what? Eternity doesn't gain that way. You don't gain eternity that way. That's not truly born again, because born again changes a life. I'm not talking about a salvation that's acquired by works, but I'm talking about, as James says, salvation that then is accompanied by the right kind of living. Why? Because you're no longer unclean. You've been made clean by the blood of the Lamb. You may be here this morning and you don't even know that yet. 
You may still be lost in your sin. You've never known the forgiveness of your sin by coming and having faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This morning, right now, today, as as quickly and as immediately as he healed that leper, this morning you can have your sin forgiven. You can be made clean by him. But beloved, that's not the end of the journey. That's the beginning of the journey. That's the beginning. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. David will continue teaching through the Gospel of Luke next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to The Open Word podcast at theopenword.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to theopenword.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that The Open Word is a missionary work? It is. We need your support as we share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word. Go to theopenword.com and click on the support option in the main menu. We invite you to join us again for the next study as David shares insights with us from the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on The Open Word.